Hi Cricklexels, welcome back to another free hit where we give you a quick and clean update on what's happening in the world of Pakistan cricket. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about three things. One, we'll talk about the Pakistan versus Australia test match update. Two, we'll talk about the Pakistani Women's World Cup update. And three, we'll talk about some new changes in cricket. But before we begin, if you're new here, my name is Jay and I'm the Cricklexels podcast co-host where we love to talk about Pakistan cricket and everything that's happening in the world of Pakistan cricket. So if you love Pakistan cricket, make sure you subscribe to this channel and also check out our podcast on your favorite podcast app so you can listen to our new episodes that come out. We publish two episodes a week, so make sure you come and join us in the conversation. So let's start today's free hit with Pakistan versus Australia test series update. As we speak, they're playing their second test match in Karachi on the 12th of March. So the first test match took place in Rawalpindi and it was drawn. And as you all probably already have heard by now, there was a lot of talk about the bad pitch, the pitch that didn't lead to a result. With regards to the bad pitch in Rawalpindi, Ramiz Raja also came out and issued a statement on camera. He gave three big reasons why we should not worry about that bad pitch. One, he said he wanted to play to Pakistan's strength, and apparently that pitch was playing to Pakistan's strengths, where we had nothing for the bowlers, and we have bowlers like Shaheen Shafridi and Noman Ali, given his performance of six wickets. Imagine if there was help in the wicket. The second reason he gave is that a couple of key players were lost due to COVID. He's talking about Hassan Ali and Fahim Ashraf, and that's the reason why they didn't want to make a pitch that was helpful to fast bowlers, because then... Uh, we'd be at a disadvantage. And lastly, he said, we didn't want to end up making a pitch that actually does the opposite of helping us, which is helping Australia. So we didn't want to make a pitch that was in favor of all of the Australian strengths, which namely is known to be their fast bowling. So in other words, this dead pitch actually played in favor of Pakistan. And it sounds like he was scared that we would lose if we made a pitch that had a little bit more in it for the bowlers. And a full analysis and our reaction, make sure you check out our full episode where we talk about the issues with this approach of making a defensive-minded oriented pitch where even the strengths of our own players were not taken into account so it was definitely problematic but what's in the past is in the past and right now they're playing in Karachi and hopefully this pitch produces a better result. The highlights from the previous match were the centuries struck by Imam Al-Haq, Abdullah Shafiq and Azhar Ali. None of the Australian batsmen were able to do that against our bowlers. They came close, they also scored high but no one scored a century like our players. So kudos to Team Pakistan and there is definitely something positive that came out of that match for Pakistani team. Where the Rawalpindi pitch did not have anything for the bowlers, the Karachi pitch has historically helped out spinners. So we'll see how our spinners fare. And that detail is also something that the Australian camp is paying attention to because they added their new player in Mitchell Swepson, who's also a leg spinner. So Australians have picked up on the detail that spinners are going to be key here and they've brought their own as well. So now let's talk about some stats we have for the Karachi pitch and see if anything's going to be different. So National Stadium Karachi, we've had 43 test matches played. Seven of those matches ended up in wins for the team batting first and 18 of those matches ended up for a win for the team batting second. So a total of 25 results out of the 43 matches. That's about a 60 something percent uh, ratio of result to no result. So that tells us that it is more likely that we'll have a result here than we would not. But then again, we had a similar stat for Raul Bindi. They actually have a higher result to no result ratio, but still they did something to the pitch that completely changed the typical behavior of that ground and that pitch and there was no result so hopefully that's not happened here in Karachi we saw the pitches play in PSL and they were somewhat competitive so hopefully 
that's what happens here. The highest total ever scored here was by Pakistan against Sri Lanka. That was 765 for six. And the lowest total scored here was by Australia against Pakistan where they were bowled out for 80. So Pakistan might have a psychological edge here. We'll hopeful that there'll be a result and the result would be in Pakistan's favor. So good luck team Pakistan. Now let's turn our attention to women's cricket and women of Pakistan. The Women's World Cup has been ongoing in New Zealand and Pakistan has played three matches as of the recording of this episode. And in all three matches, we have lost. The first match was against India and our batting was abysmal and we weren't able to chase. A decent total. In the second match against Australia, Australia made it look even easier and we lost that game also. Australia chased on the total comfortably and they won easily. And in that game also, our batting failed because we only scored 190 against Australia and that wasn't a big enough total for them. The last game we played was against South Africa, which we also lost, but there was something good in it because Pakistani women put up a fight. The South African women set a total of 223 and Pakistani women fell just short of that total because they were bowled out for 217 in the 50th over, so only six runs short. But we had great batting performances from Amaima Sahail and Nidadar. So hopefully that gives the women some confidence for the next game against Bangladesh because we are smack at the bottom of the table of the World Cup with three matches and three losses and our net run rate is also poor. But that's about it for women's cricket. Hopefully things start to pick up. But this is also a sign that's telling us that our women's cricket needs help. And by help, I mean they just need more playtime. And even if we gave them 50% of the attention that we give to our men's team, I think our women's team would shine. But unfortunately, we're very good at giving lip service. So we have a women's team because we want to show the world that we also treat our women equally and we have a women's team and we have women in sports. But the reality on the ground seems to be that team is not getting the support in order to play the quality cricket and the standard of cricket that it needs to be playing. And that's been evident in this World Cup. The games that I saw so far, the commentators are also talking about you know there's been some growth but it's a good start they're still treating Pakistani women's team as if it's a brand new team just entering world cricket and that's not true we've been around and we ought to be doing better so again this is not to bring our women down our women are doing the best they can but they're just not getting enough cricket enough exposure and enough competition because they have too much time off and they don't have enough cricket that's going on and even the first class cricket they only have three teams so they can't really play a lot and that's obviously going to hurt the performance if they're not playing enough cricket they're not going to perform well when they're on the international global stage and that's what we're seeing right now so it's not the women's team's fault they're doing the best they can given the resources that they've been provided and we need to really up our game and bring a new talent into women's cricket and grooming them by giving them a lot of opportunity to play cricket in pakistan and also globally so with that said good luck to team pakistan for the rest of the tournament they're playing bangladesh next and we hope they win so the last story of this free hit is that cricket is changing cricket is always changing i was talking to a friend of mine who doesn't watch cricket or doesn't play cricket and you know he's into baseball and we were just talking about how dynamic the games are and how dynamic each game is. And I was making the argument that cricket is really always ever changing. There's always new formats being introduced. And he was very surprised to hear that, that changes like that don't, don't really happen in baseball. We change rules often when they seem unfair or wrong. We also add new formats to the game regularly. No other game goes through an evolution like cricket does, you know, we've got the 100, the T20, the test cricket, the one day international, 
you know, and we don't know. There's also T10 cricket. So we there's always new formats, new versions of the game coming in. There's also indoor cricket. So that makes cricket really exciting. And when we saw these new rules, we felt mostly pretty comfortable about them. We talk about some of them in our full episode, but here's a quick rundown for those of us who might not have caught our full episode. One rule change was about caught dismissals, uh, which basically says new batters will be on strike even if the previous batter had crossed before being caught. So that's interesting. That changes the game a little bit for especially the batting side and gives bowlers a little bit of an advantage to have a new batter on the strikers and every time somebody gets out. So that's kind of cool and interesting. And we kind of support that. It's a good rule. Then running out the non-striker has been moved from Law 41, which used to be uh, categorized as unfair play, to now Law 38, which is now a proper run out. So that whole thing about running out somebody in at the end of your bowling action because they were outside the crease um, is now a legit run out and not looked down upon as unfair play. And number three, we cannot be using saliva to shine the ball anymore, which was a disgusting habit in cricket but for no apparent reason that persisted for so long. But since COVID, they had to stop it. And then they realized that, huh, well, the spit doesn't do much anyway. So why be, why are we putting spit on the ball? Uh, so now that's uh, been outlawed. There's a rule about dead balls that they'll be called when uh, an umpire feels that a person was disadvantaged or an animal or an object entered the field. Next up, we have wides. The umpire will now take into account all positions that batter has stood during a baller's run-up as well as at release. So that's kind of interesting. The umpire has to pay a lot of attention to what the batter is doing at the crease if they're moving around back and forth, up and down the wicket in order to declare something a wide. So they could take all of their positions into consideration. So basically, this is going to lead to more wider balls being called and judged legal. And batters are not going to be happy about that. But it's kind of fair because if the batter is doing all kinds of movements up there, trying to throw off the line of the bowler and the bowler follows them, it's only fair that now you connect and actually make use of that delivery now that you, you've been running around over there on the striker's end. So it's kind of fair to me, but I, I don't think the batters are going to be happy about that because if they miss that ball now, it's not going to be judged wide. There's a rule about striking off the pitch. Batters can hit a ball that has landed off the pitch as long as they remain partly within the pitch. Okay, unfair movement by the fielding side will be punished with five penalty runs. So this is another high impact rule. If a fielder is observed in the wrong spot, their side will face a penalty of five runs. That kind of changes the game because five runs is a lot of runs, especially in T20. And this is different because this used to be called a dead ball and they would have to just redo the delivery. But now it's going to be five penalty runs. Finally, we have replacement players who will now inherit any sanctions or dismissals from the players they replaced. This a bit vague, but we assume that any penalty that was on the player that is being replaced is still applies to the player that's on the field. That sounds fair, but we don't know how this affects like player records and stuff because it says sanctions or dismissals from the players will be inherited. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about this from the ICC to figure out what this really means. And hopefully we see some examples of this so we can understand this a little bit better. And that's the end of the free hit. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so all new episodes arrive in your inbox. And until next time, this is your host, Chase, signing out. Peace.